In the name of Jesus, amen. For this Sunday, I want to focus on the second reading. And so the second reading for this, this Sunday comes from Trinity Sunday, comes from 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Agreement is something that's very difficult to understand. Agreement is something that I think we, we know the essence of it, but it's hard to talk about. In the children's sermon for today, I talk about agreement as something where you and another person come to some kind of understanding on what you both want to have happen. So the example I use is, let's come to agreement about what game we're going to play or how we're going to play. And maybe someone wants to play a board game. Maybe someone wants to play with a ball. And so we would say, okay, seems like we're not in agreement right now. There's a board game, there's a ball. We could come up with another idea. We could go fly a kite. We could come up with a way where we're doing both things. We come up with a way where maybe one of us says, okay, well, actually, I could be okay playing with a ball or with a board game. There's lots of different ways to come into agreement, but somehow we have to figure out where both parties are really okay with what's happening. But as you and I know, there's not many things that happen just one person to one person. There's a whole lot of people involved, right? And so agreement becomes even trickier. How do we make sure that I'm okay with what's going on and you're okay with what's going on and everybody else is okay with what's going on? How do we make sure that the world is okay with what's going on and eventually we think, wow, you just can't please everybody, so let's cut this circle down a little bit. And here's where our temptation starts. Let's cut this circle down a little bit so we're worried about pretty much everybody that we normally have contact with. And then we realize, well, that's still complicated and we cut the circle down a little bit more Let's only have agreement with maybe our close friends and family, and, and that's still difficult, so we cut the circle down a little bit more. Maybe let's only have agreement with me and you, and then we realize that's still hard, and pretty soon we realize that we've cut the circle down all the way so that we're the only one in the circle. Or maybe I'm the only one in the circle. And that's pretty easy to have agreement, isn't it? Because when Paul in the text today writes about agreement, he writes, agree with one another and live in peace with one another. And he doesn't limit that to just us agreeing with ourselves. And he doesn't limit that to just us agreeing with close friends and family. He doesn't limit that to agreeing with just us and the people we normally meet with. He doesn't agree, limit that to just us and our congregation, or us and our community, or us and anyone. Here, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, 
but also writing to the church at large. Christians, my siblings in Christ, agree with one another. Now, at this point, we might laugh Paul out of the room, right? Because you and I have lived too long to think that this is possible. You and I have lived too much of life to think that this is possible. We already know that we're not going to agree with a lot of people out there. We already know that we're not going to agree with the people we see on TV. We already know that we're not going to agree with that neighbor down the road that keeps doing whatever they're doing. We already know that we're not going to agree with some of the people who put up certain signs in certain moments. I don't even have to name anything. We already know we're not going to agree. To this particular part of the gospel, we've said, nah, it's impossible. My friends, nothing is impossible for God. Agreement is possible. Not only is agreement possible, agreement is the will of God. Here on Trinity Sunday, I'm recalling the unity prayer that Jesus prays that you and I might be one as Christ and the Father are one. As Christ and the Father and the Spirit are one. We might be one as closely as the one God is one. That's not a prayer for idleness. That's not a prayer just for ideology. That's, not, that's, that's a prayer for a lifelong passion for agreement and peace. How? How are we supposed to agree with people who are so passionately entrenched in what, where they are? And maybe on a day of clarity, how are we supposed to agree when we are so passionately entrenched on where we are? How? In the world, do we agree with the ones we disagree with? The beginning of agreement, I believe, is to lay down what we want. Let's go back to the the children's sermon. I want to play with a ball. You want to play with a board game or vice versa. I don't care. But in order for me and you to be in agreement, we both have to lay down the insistence that we have on life being the way that we want it to be. Now that's inflammatory language, but basically I got to, I got to convince myself that there may be a chance I'm not playing with a ball and you have to convince yourself there may be a chance you're not playing with a board game to use the language of our actual existence. I've got to, Set down my life. And there's got to be a chance that I'm not going to live it the way that I thought I would. And you've got to sit down your life. There's, got, there's going to be a strong chance you're not going to live it the way you thought you would. To be in agreement with one another, we set down our patterns, we set down our expectations, we set down our understandings. And you and I, in a holy, holy place, talk to one another about things that we start in a place of disagreement. That is tough work, and that is holy, holy work. 
Once we're able to do that, once we're able to set down our lives and assume for a moment that maybe they won't be lived the way that we expect, we start exploring and we start letting into our hearts and our minds ideas that others have. Man, letting into our hearts and our minds ideas that others have. If that's just not the most dangerous thing that there is on this planet, can you imagine not only setting down the possibility, not only setting down your life and the possibility that it might be led in some other way than you expected, but now you're taking into yourself the thoughts and ideas of people that you know you disagree with. And you're trying them on not just logically, but you're trying them on emotionally and you're trying them on mentally. This is dangerous, dangerous work. Dangerous because it's indeed going to affect us. Dangerous because it's indeed going to change us. But holy. Because it's indeed what God is calling us to. Now you may be someone who's noticed, I haven't said that you talk yet. I haven't said that I talk yet. In this moment of agreement, Where's my voice? When do I get to say that I want to play with the ball? I want to live life this way. Well, there's, there's a time for that. But it's not first. The reason I'm saying that is because right now in today's world, the thing that I see a lot of disagreement around is the injustice that people of color, black and African-Americans have all had. And while some of us in the congregation fit that description, most of us do not. And we need to take our cues from the God of heaven and earth. The God of heaven and earth listens to the cries of the oppressed, listens to the cries of the orphan and the widow and the alien, listens to the cries of the poor and the hungry. And the God of heaven and earth, even though God has all the power, does not simply correct. The God of heaven and earth responds to their cries with mercy and justice. Because the God of heaven and earth assumes that that is what people with power do. And so, as a congregation where most of us have been living lives of privilege, our first and most of our actions will be ones of listening and trying on the ideas of others. Trying on the ideas of ones who've been systemically oppressed, trying on the ideas of ones who have lifetimes and generations of injustice in their bones. You and I, we are called to listen and to set down our lives and to enter the conversation assuming that we won't be living lives in the ways that we expected at one point in time. This is what it looks like to begin living in agreement with one another and living in peace with one another. 
after a long time, after relationships are formed, and after we are on more equal footing, we can begin to speak about what we want. But what should come out of our lips is not our own desires, but the desires of God. What should come out of our lips are the ideals, are the expectations that God has placed on the Christian life, love and justice and mercy and grace. Forgiveness and repentance. What should come out of our lips is repentance for the ways that we may not have looked for the opportunity to be in agreement in the past. Repentance for the ways that we have may have silenced voices around us. And always an insistence on justice for the oppressed. Agreement is about setting down our lives and acknowledging that we will not likely be living them in the way that we thought we would. Live in agreement with one another. Live in the expectation that you may not be living your lives in the ways that you once thought you would. Live your lives in that expectation with one another. This is tough work. Man, this is tough work. And this is holy. We are treading on some holy, holy ground these last few weeks and these last few days, these last few months. We are being changed. Our lives are not being lived in the way that they once were. And while some of us understandably claw for the past, and some of us understandably only want what is at the end, we are in it now. We are in it now. Do, I pray, siblings in Christ, do the work of being in agreement, not just with those who are close to you, but with those across the world. Be in agreement with black and African-American and people of color. Be in agreement with the oppressed and the systemically in, and those who are at the feet of a systemic injustice. Be with the poor, the widow, the orphan, and the alien. Be in agreement with all of these. And live in peace with all of these, your siblings. May we be one as the God of heaven and earth is one. God be with you if this seems like an idyllic dream. God be with you if this work seems overwhelming and you laugh it away. God be with you if you want to do this work but you don't know where to start. God be with you if you've been doing this work since long before I was born. No matter where you are in this journey of agreement and of peace, Know that the God of love and peace will be with you. Know that all the saints greet you on this journey. 
and know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit is with you all. God be with you in this holy work. Amen.